What's up, obnoxious trolls and domineering vampire queens, and welcome to Flooping the Pig, Episode 6. This is your catch-all Adventure Time podcast. I'm Brad Garoon, your resident lovesick, flame-loving human boy, and with me as always is everyone's favorite fully-baked cinnamon bun, Justin Houston, and the best henchman that undead royalty could hope for, Kevin Ford. Today's podcast, titled The Floor is Lava, will cover episodes 21 through 24 of Season 1. We're getting near the end of Season 1, so Kevin, why don't you uh, kick us off with a little Donnie talk? Sure, so Donnie is this giant green monster who terrorizes this neighborhood of people who are basically in the shape of miniature houses. Like there's a there's a bank person, a firehouse person, a jail person, and he just is a bully to them. So of course Finn and Jake decide they have to stop him. But the problem is is that they uh, they end up befriending Donnie, and they do they do stop him from being a bully. But it turns out that the scent that he gave off when he bullied the townspeople kept the uh, what kind of wolves are they? Uh, y wolves. The Y wolves. They kept the Y wolves away from terrorizing the. The neighborhood. So with Donnie not being annoying anymore, the Y Wolves are able to come and attack the people. And then Jake now faces a dilemma. He can either unleash Donnie as the bully he once was again on the neighborhood to save them from the Y Wolves, but that doesn't do. But but it's still making Donnie a not so great person, and he's still terrorizing and bullying the people. So in the end, they have to decide to make Donnie a bully again, and that's what the people wanted. And it ends up being what Donnie wanted, sort of, and things are kind of okay in the end. So Donnie is voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson. M- Kevin Michael Richard. Yeah, no, that's right. I said that right. Whose face looks mad familiar to me, even though he's mostly a voice actor. And I'm I'm scouring Wikipedia to find out what I've actually seen him in. And I don't think it's just basketball. Do you guys know who this dude is? Yeah, oh, I know him mostly for his like terrific voice acting. He's done a lot of great stuff and... Uh... That's what I know him from. In fact, I didn't even know he did this. He's so good at masking his voice um, that I, I didn't even know that was him until you just told me. He's currently on another Cartoon Network show. He does the big green lizard on that show, Uncle Grandpa, and um, is easily the most watchable part of that show. Mm, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I guess it is just basketball that I know him from, although he was on How I Met Your Mother. Mm. Who was he on How I Met Your Mother? He was Stan. I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea what episode okay. that's from. Oh, Stan! Oh, <laughs> right, of course. of course. I thought it was like the Naked Man or something like that. Something I'd no, I, no, he's a huge black guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, Great. so no, the Naked Man is a little white man. He's not that little. Oh, uh, That's true, that's yeah, true. He's kind of chubby. He might have a chubby. Oh. What up? Hey, uh, the other cool thing I thought about when I was watching this episode was this, I believe, is the first mention of the Cosmic Owl. It's not the first mention, but it is... Uh... Well, wait, maybe it is the first mention because you see him. No, he doesn't appear in this episode. When, no, do, they, he, when do they mention he, the Cosmic Owl? Sorry, uh, The Y-Wolves are in the well, which yeah. is actually a, a house person. Yes. And they're explaining their entire evil plot to Finn. And they say that um, because Donnie is not around to spray his obnoxygen on everyone, they're going to replicate and take over the world until the Cosmic Owl comes and devours them because that's the way of the universe. Oh, I didn't um, re- even realize that. Yeah. And, and Oh, and they do actually, I lied, they do show the Cosmic Owl, but it's in an, it's it's not the actual Cosmic Owl. It's like, it's like a drawing. Their, right, a drawing of the Cosmic yeah. Owl. It's their imagination, their interpretation of the Cosmic Owl. Like yeah, because I guess drawing. you see him in right. Prisoners of Love, but they don't actually tell you, you know, what he is. Or Was what, Prisoners you know. of Love, is, is that when he called Ice King a sociopath? Yes. 
oh, okay, so this is just another instance of the Cosmic Elf. See, I'm already forgetting things we've seen. That's bad. <laughs> that well, bad. I don't think they called him that. I, as far as I know, I don't think they addressed him. I think he was just some Cosmic Owl. that was. He, we didn't know he was the Cosmic Owl. He could have been any Cosmic Owl. True. Well, now we know he's the Cosmic Owl. Now we know that he's something important in the land of Ooh. I like that the idea is the Y-Wolves are almost like, do you guys know the Grey Goo theory? No. Yes. Yeah, so but I feel like I never know anything. In <laughs> so the gray goo theory is that like nanorobots will become self-replicating and they'll use all matter available to them to create more of themselves, including like, humans and plants and earth and everything, and until they until they use all the matter in the universe, and then the universe will collapse in on itself, or or something like that might happen. I was not interrupt. I have a long form recurring dream where uh, the entire world is foglets or uh, like the the nano machines. And my job is when they start trying to take over, I hit a button and it gets them all high. <laughs> okay. I'm dead serious. It's a recurring dream. I don't. It's the weirdest recurring dream in my allotment of dreams, but it's totally true. That is a strange one. Um, the idea to finish up the, the reason it's called gray goo. Gray goo is because it, the, these nanobots, when you get them all grouped together, would look like a cloud of gray goo coming at you. And the Y wolves essentially say, like, we're going to replicate until there's too much of us, and then the cosmic owl will be like the great universal equalizer and eat us, so that we don't become like a Y wolf goo and destroy ooh. And they're okay with that as long as they get to wreak havoc for a while. I thought that was a pretty cool. Right. I thought that they were a pretty cool group. I would it legit blew my mind that we found out the Jake war pants in this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, right. Silky spider web pants. But the, when uh, Jake and Finn were talking and uh, Finn just said he was really complicated. Donnie is one mixed up dude. Nah, he's just rough and tumble, like me. But deep down, he's probably really sensitive, like me. You're a mixed up dude, too. Donnie's problem is that he's treated as an outsider, like me. You are not an outsider. You wear cute little blue shorts. I am complicated. That reminded me of Brad. That, that is how I feel quite often. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm complicated, man. Yeah, exactly. And also, um, when uh, they were, Jake and Finn were making fun of Donnie's songs and everyone was laughing at him, including the Y-Wolves, and then he turned back into a bully. When Jake said his songs were super balls, I was like, I don't know if that's PG or not. No. I was just watching, um, oh, there's this YouTube guy called Wheezy Waiter, who I think is pretty funny. And he he censors himself, but in kind of funny ways, like when he says shit, he makes it shirt and he shows a picture of one of his shirts for sale over his mouth and he bleeps out his F-bombs. But he said something like uh, I said shiz balls, which uh, I don't know, struck me as funny. And then but then he questioned over and over again whether or not he should keep it in. Obviously, he'd already kept it in. That is not relevant to this podcast. At all. Well, I will say for this for this episode, we've had uh, some really strong endings with just ending with random scenes or, or sayings. I like when. Uh, Finn and Jake decide to leave him behind, and Donnie is saying, Finn, you loser, and then he starts crying and goes, I'll never forget you. <laughs> Which also was kind of weird because Jake was really the one to help Donnie become not a jerk, and so why he gave Finn the credit, I don't understand. I think it's because Finn is the one who saw the potential in Donnie when Jake really didn't want to. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. But that shows why Jake and Finn are such a good team. They really are. They're a great team. The next episode after that, in which Jake and Finn can't really operate as a team, what a segue, is called Henchmen. Uh, Jake and Finn come, stumble across Marceline the Vampire Queen and her very old henchman. Finn gets a pang of hero need to be. I'm so eloquent today. And he agrees to take the place of the henchman so that the henchman can relax for the rest of his 
very limited days. And then it's about Finn doing seemingly evil deeds for Marceline. This is a really cool episode because uh, as the episode goes on, you find out Marceline is certainly not evil. She just appears evil and all of her evil deeds have an ulterior motive um, of goodness or fun at the very least. Justin, in your memory, since you were slacking this week, what, what do you think of Benjamin? Well, uh, first of all, I am the way that you're saying henchman is making me very sub like self-conscious about the way I say it. And I've now repeated it over and over in my head. And I think I've been saying henchman wrong. I think I should just say henchman, whether it's henchman or henchman. I think either is acceptable. I just uh, but now that I like hear it now that I've heard you say it over and over again in the exact same way. Saying henchman seems very silly. It sounds like I'm describing a really crappy superhero. Uh, so I'm just going to revert to henchman from now on for both uses. Henchman was really funny. Really, I loved the B story. It was my my favorite part of it. Just the uh, uh, Jake kind of trying to work up to it and uh, coming up with these excuses for it as to why it, uh, you know, why it keeps happening and, and saying, you know, I'm not running away. It's just part of the plan or that was one of my favorite quotes on the episode. Right. Um, I'm not running yeah. away, Finn. <laughs> but the, the really the important thing is sort of learning more about um, Marceline, who becomes uh, kind of a, a much more complex and interesting character going forward from this. Well, I have to make the nerdy wrestling joke when Finn says that he follows a code of honor. I've never seen him shake hands before battle. Fair enough. Ha-ha, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have the impression that he would respect a referee. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, he might just spit on him at this point. Yeah, with all the spitting he does. And, uh, while we're talking about lines that don't seem very PG, when they get to the Duke of Nuts and the uh, the guard has explained him what's happening, and he, and he says that he wants to sack your nut castle. <laughs> uh, yeah, just again, I'm not sure. Also, one thing I've noticed about this show, they at times just have random swords stuck in trees. Does that ever get explained? Random swords stuck in trees? Yeah. I, yeah. I assume it's something like, you know, rainy rainy day daydream is about it is raining swords. Is that just supposed to be like the aftermath of that? Or is that ever explained like, oh, there this is the reason why there's random swords stuck in trees? So it's never outwardly explained, but I think if we were to do a little bit of reaching, we could say, from what we know, I don't want to spoil anything. It comes up later, but it never becomes like, uh, or we don't know if it becomes a major plot point. Yes and no. I'm rambling. Ooh was racked with war. There was a great war that that led to the end of humanity as we know it and and created the world that we see on Adventure Time. As such, there are nuclear bombs hanging around, which we also see in Rainy Day Daydream and missiles and crazy things. And I think it's just weaponry is all over the place because people were fighting and stuff got left behind. Uh, there are, is a knife storm, but I don't think that the swords and trees are that also it plays into the video game aspect of ooh, where you can pick up weapons that are just around, you know, you're yeah. traveling around, you get a new weapon and there's one. Okay. Just wanted to, I just noticed that. And I said, you know, that's not the first time I've seen this and wanted to make a note of it. Yeah. What do you think, Justin? I just assumed the tree was alive at some point, frightened someone and got himself stabbed. Oh, that's actually, I like that explanation too. I like that explanation. got to practice your stabbing somewhere. Yes. But if you watch Game of Thrones, you know that if you stab a tree, you've ruined your sword. I don't. What happens when you stab a tree? You ruin your sword. I mean, that there's just I don't. I'm, this isn't spoiling anything. I'll keep it spoiler free. But there's a scene where Rob Stark, the son of the season one main character, is very upset about something, so he's cutting a tree over and over again. And his mom comes up and tells him that he ruined his sword. So the next episode, speaking with, since we've been talking about it in our explanation of swords and trees so much, is called Rainy Day Daydream. Justin, do you remember anything about this episode? This is the one that I really wanted to rewatch. I mean, I remember 
the general idea being that uh, uh, there's a knife storm, which the very concept in first watching this is just horrifying and amazing, and that which is the best part of Adventure Time, the stuff that just kind of freaks you out, and at the same time, it's just, it's something you'd never see on any other show, it raining swords, and it being this thing that is genuinely dangerous. It's not something that's just sort of happens and then it goes away. It's a part of the lives that they live in. Oh, we can't, you know, it's it, there's an ice storm, so we got to stay inside today. And um, Jake's imagination sort of takes control. And uh, I think that Finn has to sort of uh, wrangle it in. Jake ends up developing like, uh, or he creates in his mind uh, a way to like shut it off. And uh, he, but it's very complicated. He's not, he doesn't, is doesn't make it easy on him. Um, there was something great with a riddle master and I can't even remember what it is now. So they have to go outside for a few seconds because Jake created this lava. They, they want, they need to go outside because of the lava. And so they, they forget about the sword storm, but they use Jake's imagination to cover the, the bridge with this invisible cloak so they can go outside and the daggers won't hurt them. And on the way back, they have to encounter that monster to get back inside. Right, so the riddle master is there on he's guarding the bridge and rather than answer the riddles to sufficient sufficiency, Finn kicks a missile at him, which is fine. Right. And it's uh I mean the whole joke is that Jake's just really bad at riddles. I also think this is the first episode where Bimo talks. It is. It is, and they are not pleased with Bimo. No, he play he only provides boring games. Like the what was the question he asked? Like, what would you do with a with a balloon or something like that? And then he just like shuts down. Yeah, it's a it's conversation game. <laughs> well, the <Yes>. worst game. <laughs> and then he runs out of battery. Uh, the riddle master's riddle is. Tell me, Voyager, what is simple and yet also a riddle? Man, that riddle sucks. That is the wrong answer. Uh, tell me, Voyager, what is simple and yet also a riddle. <laughs> that's perfect. I mean, that's uh, again. This is one of my another one of those favorite early episodes, just because all the uh, all the characters really feel like uh, like fully fleshed out, and um, it's just uh, I don't know. It's 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 kind of perfect, and I even really like the. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember the ending. I remember really liking it. And uh, I, I think he can control his imagination at some point, but then the knife storm stops. But I, I what, what happens? What, what is the ending exactly? Oh, in the end, Finn gets to Jake's imagination turn-off machine. He turns it off, but then Jake loses his ability to have an imagination. He becomes really boring. Finn hates it. So Finn goes... The idea of this episode is Finn thinks imagination is for nerds and that <laughs> cool guys can just do the real world without their imagination. I love so that line. So Finn goes into his own imagination, and he's like, if I see anything... It's like essentially like feminine in there. I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah. He really Finn at this point, and this becomes a continuing thing with Finn. He does not want to reckon with himself. He doesn't want to look inward. He doesn't want to know about himself. He just wants to fight and party and and do hero things. Like Brad. No, I look inward all the time. I I'm, know. What, what he also I'm, doesn't like though is it, not only just himself, but outward events that might make him reflect in. He'll put that. He's got a vault essentially. That comes later. Um, he's got a vault that he just shuts things in and they don't, <laughs> that they can't, he doesn't think about, he doesn't consider them. He just vaults it. Right. So we'll get to that later. 
uh, for sure. But this, yeah. but this, this is a precursor to that. Uh, so he finally shuts it off. He goes in his own imagination, and because he needs to create a Jake imagination normal machine, so he does that in his own imagination. And now we have Finn with with an imagination that he's willing to reckon with. Jake wakes up, pretends that his legs are melting in the lava again, but it turns out he was just joking. This brings, uh, oh, and Finn calls him a good dog at the end and treats Jake like a dog. So I think that might be what you're referring to by the ending. Right. This brings up an interesting question. So I've seen Pendleton Ward say in interviews that the world of Ooh is fantastic, but not ridiculous in that Finn can't go into his bag and pull out a giant and Finn can't jump off of a mountain and land safely without there being some reason that he did. My question to you guys is, did Jake's imagination actually come to life in this episode? And if so, why doesn't that ever happen again? And if so, how did Jake have an imagination that came to life? Or was this episode really just these two guys having a very vivid imagination where they took, they, they learned how to use it so much that they just totally immersed themselves in their imaginations? Uh, I think it's more about immersion. I would rather it be about immersion rather than, because you get a lot of the, the sort of magic stuff anyway. Being being immersion is sort of more, more interesting to me. And... Um, more i don't know more i don't say e- more easily explainable but um it's just sort of i it it jives with what what i what i like in, in storytelling and things like that uh, actually i like it more being ambiguous that you don't know whether it's something real or something that they just got swept up in i i kind of like that more yeah i'm with justin i think it's a a whole immersion thing at, at least that's what i would like to believe i just feel like finn's mind would would bend to the world that Jake was creating as opposed to being the type to try to push it off or or uh, just dismiss it as being silly or, or childlike because that's the world that he wants to live in. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, for those, you know, Adventure Time fans that have seen every episode, like Brad and I, this question will come up again in Puhoy. Oh, love that episode so hard. <laughs> so speaking of future episodes, one episode into the future of this episode. Oh, but oh. I, I agree with you guys, and I, I also feel the need. I, I feel like it needs to have just been in their imagination. It had to be them really immersing themselves. You lose a bit of the stability of the universe. I, I actually have two things to say before we move on. Okay. Um, this is, I think, one of the top like two or three episodes of this season. I thought it was really fun, really great, lots of character exploration, just a super fun, great episode, easily a standout. And uh, for some reason, beginning when they're hanging out before the knife storm starts, uh, Finn just keeps slapping Jake in his jowls. So, Justin, if we ever meet, I'm slapping you in your jowls. And he loves it. <laughs> he loves it so much. Jake is um, a fan of it. He just giggles whenever you slap him in his jowls. You need to start growing some dog jowls. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I was going to let my, my girlfriend try to slap the jowls around and uh, see if I like it. But that, that, might be a different, that might be a different connotation. I'm not that kind of boy. <laughs> By the way, yeah, that might that's a very uh, Adventure Time way of... Uh, alluding to some sort of sexual act, talking about slapping the jowls. I think it's just brotherly playing. I don't think it's anything. Well, no, of course not. But, I mean, that's how they do it in Adventure Time. They say it in a way that any kid would be like, oh, he's slapping jowls around, and any adult's like, oh, God, that's horrifying. You know, Justin, maybe later I'm going to sack your nutcastle. Yikes. Rough. (laughs) All right, there's one more thing I want to add, I swear Uh, to God we can go on. I know, I know. With the... You know, calling into, uh, you know, talking about how imagination's for nerds and to live in the real world. And then we see later um, in Card Wars, he mentioned something about that, too, where Jake says, I know you think this is for nerds. Um, with all his heroics and things like that, even though this is a nerdy world full of uh, swords and trees and, you know, raining knives and just like video game stuff, 
is this a world that Finn could even appreciate if he was like a person wa- would he even watch television? No, I don't think so. I find that interesting that the protagonist of the of the show would not be interested in the show or interested in elements of it the same way that we are. You mean like in the real world, you think he'd be more into like snowboarding off mountains and that kind of thing? I think he'd be, yeah, he'd be like a thrill-seeking kind of jock guy. I mean, he has negative, he, he's not indifferent to imagination. He think, is negatively opposed to it. I think that's definitely fair to say, especially in the beginning. And then later on, he's too emo to really get into that kind of thing. <laughs> right. But I, I just, I find that interesting. Let's dive into that deeper. There are going to be more episodes where that comes up, like the episode with the armor that's coming up pretty soon and um, some others uh, when I don't have to run out to a, a Book of Mormon in five minutes. Right. And in the meantime, let's let's talk about what have you done in which Princess Bubblegum asks Finn and Jake to capture the Ice King but won't tell them why. They capture the Ice King. He warps their fragile little minds. <laughs> I'm rocking your worldview! Into convincing them that he hasn't done anything wrong and that they should let him go. Um, and it turns out that the reason Princess Bubblegum wanted him captured was not because he did something wrong per se, but because he was needed to cure the Candy Kingdom of a ice-related flu that he probably probably accidentally imposed on them through his icy dandruff. And this episode brings up a couple interesting questions like, is Princess Bubblegum trustworthy? Should she be trusted blindly? And is the Ice King inherently evil? Which are questions that come up throughout the series. And I like them a lot. Kevin, what did you think of this ep- episode? Oh, and then I'm just going to, I don't, I'm not going to say what because it's Kevin's thing, but I found the snail in this episode. And that's very <laughs> You're a dick. I, I enjoyed this. Like, to be honest with you, I was really tired when I watched it. So I was kind of in and out and didn't, the plot never really came together in my head. I was just like, what is happening? So, but I remember not hating it, if that makes sense. Uh, there was the only thing that really caught my eye was a the return of Manfred in this episode. See, I think it's the only other time he ever appears. Well, he should be back more often. I love Manfred. When, when he showed up, I was like, oh, I thought Manfred was only in the first episode. I forgot that he ever showed up again. Uh, then there's a couple other dirty lines when, like, Ice Cream, or Ice Cream, Ice King said, see you later, my bosoms. And Finn just goes, I am no man's bosom. Didn't he call, did he, he called Finn and Jake at one point his biddies, right? He said, be gone, you biddies. So that freaked me out because my roommate calls girls biddies nonstop. Like, yeah, I, don't... I know. Uh, not good. Not good at all. So yeah, those are the those are the two lines I noticed and had to write down, and then the uh, the thing about Manfred returning. Those are the only things I really took away from this episode. So tell me, should I have taken more away? Yeah, I think so because I think this is the first time that anyone doubts Bubblegum's sincerity, and and that's even, right. Okay. Even as recently as the new episode on Monday, I'm not going to say any details, but there were characters who would not go to Bubblegum because of the way that she acts all secretly and above everyone else. What do you think, Thunderfudge? I don't really uh, – I didn't retain a whole lot of this episode either, to be quite honest. Um, even – I've probably only seen it – I've seen every episode tons of times, but I've, this is one of the ones I've seen the least. It's uh, it's just kind of simplistic to me, or it, it, it was. Um, kind of looking at it under the context of of Bubblegum's behavior later, it, it's it's pretty interesting. But really, it's just – I mean, it's a, it's a fun episode that I, I didn't really – I don't know. I think it's pretty forgettable. Oh, Manfred does come back, by the way, Kevin, so don't worry. Yes. Not for a long time. But I need some back. more LSP, too. It's been way too long. I remember this episode the first time thinking it was just so-so and, and not much, and I actually didn't remember what it was about when I first started watching it, but with context, I, I enjoyed it a lot more. So this is, upon rewatch, a really good episode, I think. Okay, then. That said, Kevin, take us through the snail search. Sure thing. So uh, 
I think the Donnie one is probably my favorite of this batch of episodes. Not even so much for the snail, but the scene it was taking place in, which is where Donnie picked up the chicken and squeezed it so it was shooting eggs at the farmhouse, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny. The snail's just on the ground there. Uh, and Henchman, he is behind the Duke of Nuts's chair. They keep going back and forth from the Duke of Nuts to to Finn and the guard, and it keeps going back and forth, back and forth. And one of the last times it goes back to the Duke of Nuts, the snail appears. Uh, in Rainy Day Daydream, when BMO comes out and asks who wants to play video games, and they go to the couch, and Jake and Finn both say, yeah, the snail's on the armrest of the couch. And then what have you done? He's just sitting next to the Ice King's bed. Pretty obvious. Right, right before they come and ding-dong ditch him the first time. I feel like there was something I wanted to say about that scene beyond the snail being in it, but now I can't remember. So that's obviously not that important. All right, Twitter time. Justin. I'm at Justin J. Houston. Kevin. At K413 is where you can follow me. Again, if you've not listened to the other previous episodes, Adventure Time Season 1 is available on Netflix and other outlets, so you can follow along with us, listen to past episodes, subscribe to Pro Wrestling Ponderings on iTunes, and get all of the episodes earlier, a whole day earlier that way. And follow along on PWPonderings.com as well if you want to download it. It's issued on Mondays, and then you can follow at PWPonderings on Twitter as well. And at DG Cool Kids Table is the official Twitter for the Flooping the Pig Adventure Time podcast. You can follow me at Garoongate and Burger Weekly. So please do that as well as I'm going to reiterate uh, Kevin's um, plug for Pro Wrestling Ponderings and DG Cool Kids Table. Uh, sorry, it's not really much of an abbreviated episode this week. A little bit abbreviated. Uh, I had to run, but I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, we'll be back next week with a really exciting episode uh, in which we get through the end of season one and the beginning of season two. So big things and all that said you've been flooping the pig i flooped the pig Hashtag snail search.